Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross With Jimmy and Sean, sell pills for your dumb. Make a fantastic song. Make a fantastic song. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. It is Fightful.com's List and your boy podcast. I am much brighter than Jimmy. Yeah, I'm looking pretty tan today. Even yeah, though I'm really not. Your lighting's better. I can't wait to get a studio. But either way, it's listing you, boy. It's February 26th. Number 159. Can you believe it's been 59 weeks since I missed a flight to Toronto? Well, it's, more than that, because we've missed a couple weeks. We, yeah. It, actually, it is hard to believe it's been over a year since you missed that flight to Toronto. How about that? Well, we're got doing my last this. speeding ticket, Jimmy. My, my New Year's resolution for 2019 was no speeding tickets. And I I uh, completed that mission. That's good. So what are you getting tickets for now? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I don't think I have a morality clause in my contract anyway. So uh, there might be something. It's been a long time. I'd have to go back should've, and look at it. Should have read that thing. Oh well, it'll expire in thirty days anyway. Oh, uh, there you go. <laughs> um, I guess my first question for you is: How was the impact taping? You're at an impact taping last weekend. Yeah, uh, Lexington honestly doesn't get a ton of stuff. There was a lot of commission issues for years, but now Impact has a bit of a relationship with OVW because of Al Snow, and they signed a guy named Larry D, who's very big and promoting in the area. So I hit him up. I said, hey, can I get some interviews? They said, yeah, we don't usually do on-site interviews, but uh, it made me very happy. I almost blushed a little bit because they said, we're not going to say no to you. And I was like, oh, shucks. Oh, man, way to inflate the oh, ego on that oh, one. Oh, shucks. Oh, boy. So I got some interviews there, um, got to watch the show. My wife is a Jordan Grace fan now. She That's the person that stood out to her on the show. She helped me go film and all that stuff. And, yeah, it was it was a good time. I liked it. They, they did a show in Louisville the next night, too. That's cool. Oh, and how, how about this, Jimmy? You know, I talk about the Jesus golf. It was it was there. It was at this venue right next to Jesus Golf. And when I went to the website, it says we provide entertainment in a Christ-like atmosphere. And I'm thinking, mm, Joey Ryan's gonna have somebody grab his dick on this show. 
Yeah. Fascinating. He he Fascinating. You're going to uh, Revolution on the weekend. Yes, I am. I am uh, flying in Saturday afternoon. I mentioned you off the air. Black Label Pro had mentioned something about me possibly doing interviews there. I'm hoping that happens, but unless I get um, get a ride there, I'll be hanging around in Chicago that afternoon. I'm going to make an attempt to stream the scrums on YouTube afterwards. So hopefully that works out and uh, we have some live streams. Otherwise, they might be live on Twitter or Facebook or something of that sort. That's cool. And uh, what's this crisscross shit? You said to me what? privately, privately, you said to me, a very reputable journalist, that if we got to 500 Fightful Select subscribers, that you yourself, without the help of anybody else, would perform Chris Cross's rendition of Jump, complete in the outfits, and remake the music video. When the hell did I say that? Recently. Recently I said that. Fairly recently, yes. I and said that. Thing. We're sitting at 489 right now. I don't like to tout that, but hell, anybody can see it. Uh -huh. End of the month, you know we always have a bunch of that fall off because credit cards expire. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I got to remind the people. I got to remind the people that Fightful Select subscriptions will make Jimmy jump, jump. I was going to say your mouth is writing checks that your ass can't cash. But uh, Jimmy, I don't recall Jimmy. that. Honestly, I don't. Jimmy, come on. As a wise man once told you, you can't afford my ass, Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody did tell me that, and that shit pisses me off. I Sean, know. Yeah, and Sean well, knows it. Here, here's the thing. They are also very good at what they do, but yeah. they did not do the research that I did on you. I'll say that. They Googled my Hotmail email address. Yeah, they, they didn't do they didn't do the research that I did because yeah. I found out pretty quickly that you could, in fact, afford me. There you go. There you go. I want to start today by uh, sending a shout out to the family of Rip the Crippler Oliver. Uh, it's a name maybe that some people aren't familiar with. Uh, the Observer reports that he's entered hospice care with uh, end stage heart failure. He just turned 67 last October. Uh, he was big in the Portland Territory in the, in the 70s and 80s. I actually remember him from the wrestling magazines. That's yeah. how I remember him. Uh, and I think it's because he had a marketable name uh, from the time, Rip the Crippler Oliver. Yeah. So he got play in the magazines, and uh, that's how I knew him. So sad to hear it. I don't know anything about his history, and I don't know you know, anything about uh, what might have caused the problem. But uh, sorry to hear. Yeah, I, I primarily know of him because he did a couple. He did some matches on uh, TV, WFTV. Like he was Super Ninja on Saturday night's main event, and I remember Ultimate Warrior squashing him. And I know he faced Jake Roberts. Other than that, I didn't. It was a little bit before my time, but hope hope things get better for him. All right, this next one. This is not wrestling related, but this is stupid, and I want to talk about it. Is it the fact that people are stupid if they don't send us a super chat because we will read their question or statement on the air, Jimmy? Uh, it could be. Okay. This is this is about a fellow by the name of Deontay Wilder. <laughs> and Sean's already spitting out his drink. So in case you're not familiar, last Saturday night, Deontay Wilder, he's a professional boxer. He defended the WBC heavyweight title along with a bunch of other lineal heavyweight titles because, you know, pro boxing has got 15,000 titles now. He defended those titles against Tyson Fury, who people are familiar with on this podcast, former WWE superstar Sean. Tyson Fury, who wrestled Braun Strowman in Saudi Arabia a few months ago. So they competed for the uh, WBC, among other 
heavyweight championships in Vegas. It was the rematch. Uh, they, they fought last December in a controversial split decision draw. It was a fight that most people thought Fury won, but it was a split decision draw. Both went into this fight undefeated. Wilder was 42-0-1, and Tyson Fury was 29-0-1. Uh, Fury dominated the rematch, which Triple H and Stuffy McMahon were there for, by the way. Dominated the rematch. Uh, he won by TKO in the seventh round because Wilder's corner threw in the towel. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because uh, after the match, uh, Deontay Wilder was interviewed by Kevin Ioli of Yahoo Sports. And Wilder claimed that he didn't lose because Fury was necessarily the better man. He didn't lose because he took some big shots to the face. He says he lost because his entrance gear that he wore to the ring was too heavy. We have a picture of it. Put that up, Camillo. There in the middle, there it was. Deontay Wilder's entrance gear claims it weighed 40 pounds. And uh, here's a quote from the interview. He said, my uniform was way too heavy for me. I didn't have no legs. This is his, you know, his, his language. I didn't have no legs from the beginning of the fight. In the third round, my legs were just shot all the way through. That is such a weak, weak thing for someone to say. And uh, so I wanted to spotlight it because I just thought it was weak, Sean. Yeah, I mean, I asked Kevin Nash for his input. He worked as Super Shredder, and the Ninja Turtles kicked his ass. I want to know if he's going to blame the Super Shredder suit on that. Now, granted, I had some smart ass that said, you know what? He pulled the dock down onto himself. He killed himself. I don't care. I want to know if that that weighed into the weighed into the situation literally. That is the dumbest freaking excuse. And he's went and and blamed a lot of people close to him too. For he will in the not. He will not take responsibility for the fact that he went out there and tried to box a better boxer instead of doing what almost won him the fight last time. Yeah, and you know something to be great in any athletic endeavor. Obviously, you got to win and you got to win often. But to be great, you have to be gracious in defeat too. And yes. I think of Chris Cyborg. Chris Cyborg, before her fight with Amanda Nunes, and I'm sure people know who Chris Cyborg is. She was undefeated. She fought Amanda Nunes uh, in the UFC. And Chris Cyborg, had a, her reputation wasn't necessarily the greatest. I mean, as a fighter, she had a great reputation. But in terms of some of her media and stuff, not the greatest reputation. She gets knocked out by Amanda Nunes. And who's the first person to hug Amanda Nunes and congratulate her? It was Cyborg. And I watched that, and I thought, that is class. She treated it with class, uh, and I had much more respect for her after that fight. Uh, Wilder went the other way, and, I mean, I just man up. You got beat. Anybody that saw the fight, you got beat. He got beat soundly. Just, just man up. Fury was the faster fighter. He landed quicker, and he got beat. And I think he'd, there'd be much more respect for, for Deontay Wilder if he just manned up instead of saying, oh, my uh, entrance gear blew up my legs. That's the dumbest thing I think I've ever heard in pro boxing. It was embarrassing. Shot. It was embarrassing. It was. It was. He's got a man up. I want to talk about Matt Hardy because this is yeah. a funny one. So uh, last week after his second beatdown by Randy Orton, we, <laughs> su- we suggested on this podcast that he should keep going back. And he yes. should keep, keep getting beat up by Randy Orton. I think you suggested that he use a wheelchair. I suggested that he essentially be Eric Idle from, Euro- from uh, National Lampoon's European Vacation and keep getting beat up by Chevy Chase and getting all wrapped up in a neck brace and bandages, and then he get hit again. Uh, well, he wasn't on Raw this week, but he did post some interesting pictures on Twitter along with a little video. Here's one of the pictures that Matt Hardy posted on Twitter. Look at that, Sean. He's got the wheelchair, bud. <laughs> Matt Hardy is watching the list on your boy, Sean. Lots of people do. 
Well, there you go. But I thought that was quite humorous that he did that. And uh, I guess he's done now. He's, he's, he's officially done with WWE it, now? Effectively done. He was not at Raw on Monday. Yeah. Uh, he is not on the flight to Saudi Arabia. The only thing they could possibly ask him to do is for some reason to show up at SmackDown. And they could do that. Right. Like his contract doesn't read Monday Night Raw. It's, it's a work. So he could still be there uh, on Friday at SmackDown if they ask him to. But other than that, his contract is up Sunday, and he's free to do whatever he wants. Awesome. Now, uh, the other Hardy is in a different situation, Jeff Hardy. Apparently, he's been backstage at SmackDown lately. What's the latest you're hearing on him? Well, back in September, I had heard they had added a year to his, at least a year is what I was told, at least a year to his deal, and that he hasn't wrestled since then. So we're talking... October, November, December. They might, they might still have him on the hook for an extra year and a half. Because if you remember, they rolled over the deal with the Hardy Boys a year ago, and that's why uh, Matt's expires this weekend. Mm-hmm. That's when Jeff's would have expired, but they they've got so much injury time on him right. that that they they don't have that. They didn't have that on Matt because even though he wasn't on TV, it was their choice to keep him off TV. He was willing to do TV. Sure. So Jeff Hardy, as far as I know, at the minimum is there until 2021, might be midway through 2021 based on how WWE operates. Okay. I mean, have you heard anything about his physical condition at all? No. I mean, I know that he was getting help a while back, and that, that was about it, and— Okay. I mean, he his knee had been hurt for a very long time. I think his leg, leg, knee, ankle, whatever injury it was, it was from the dirt bike wreck, dirt bike wreck that he had like years and years ago, yeah. and it just caught up to him. And then finally, he couldn't do it anymore, and he got sidelined. Then he had all that personal stuff happen, and yeah, I, I don't know how he's feeling. I haven't heard any update on him physically. Don't know if he was just visiting. Not sure how that works. All right, I want to move on to talk about WrestleMania implications because this could be interesting. So we had heard a while back, okay, the Fiend Roman Reigns is, is on the docket. John Cena Elias is on the docket. Uh, the Wrestling Observer uh, reported that those two planned matches appear to be off. I think that Super Showdown this week is going to kind of give us some clarity. I think John Cena's appearance on SmackDown on Friday is going to give us some clarity. What do you think they might be thinking because – I hope they're not so foolish as to think, let's have Goldberg beat Bray Wyatt because Goldberg-Roman Reigns is a bigger matchup. I hope they're not thinking of going down that road. What do you think? I'm thinking Fiend Cena. To me, that's the one that uh, seems to make sense to me. Well, Throwback27 says, what will happen to Cena uh, for Mania, in your opinion? I, You know what? I if Since they're going to can Elias Cena, which is a good idea, good idea, I wouldn't have Goldberg win that match. But I would have Goldberg maybe go and face John Cena at WrestleMania in a very That'd short be a fun matchup. Match and and it's one that captures two generations. It captures the Attitude Era, captures this ruthless aggression era that's being romanticized all of a sudden, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that where <laughs> they're acting like this is because I mean, let's be real. The ruthless aggression era is the new generation of Saudi Arabia stars. Effectively, that's who they're going to have on these shows for the next eight years. I think that John Cena and Goldberg is a gigantic WrestleMania match. And Roman Reigns, if you're going to do it, just go ahead and do it. Just Jesus Christ. I'll tell you what, man. It's really eye-opening to hear Arn Anderson's podcast, which I didn't originally listen to, but I have lately. 
And you see how well other people in WWE see it. He's like, Roman Reigns should have been a heel. Roman Reigns should have always been a heel. He is a top heel that can make big baby faces. He was like, Roman Reigns should have been a heel at the Royal Rumble 2015. Like, you see that all these people around Vince see all this. Yeah. And I've been asking the question, who is the most interesting heel that gets booed on SmackDown? And I don't know one. I don't know one. Because it ain't the fiend. The fiend gets cheered. Yeah, it's not Baron Corbin. I mean, he he does get heat, but he's meh. It's not. It's not. He's him. fifty. Everybody gets fifty fifty, and he's yeah. been doing the same thing. Yeah. By the time Elimination Chamber rolls around, they'll have had twelve matches with him and Roman Reigns yep. since this feud started. Meanwhile, I'm going to Revolution <sighs> this weekend. Cody and MJF have had a four month feud and haven't haven't touched once. That's how it used to be. Yeah, you know, There's that's how it used to be. And you know what's interesting is, is you know, back in the day, uh, there used to be excuses made about how, well, there's a lot more TV now. It's hard to stretch out a program over four months because you got weekly TV. AEW did it with a weekly show. And, and granted, I know that they've only got two hours a week, but SmackDown's only two hours a week. Yep. You know what I mean? So you're telling me that AEW with two hours a week can stretch a thing out for months, but they can't do it on SmackDown? I mean, they absolutely can do it. They NXT, just- NXT's ran the same feud for nine straight years. What are y'all talking about? Gargano and Ciampa will never end. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not crazy about that one personally. Me either. But it is what it is, I guess. I don't know. I guess I think Goldberg's scene is interesting to me. Uh, I really hope they don't have Goldberg beat uh, The Fiend. That would be so short-sighted, and, and they'd just be killing off The Fiend. I question if Goldberg... Is Goldberg the type that's going to be willing to take a quick squash? Granted, he gets paid to do these Saudi yeah. shows. But is he going to be willing to do, you know, a, a five-minute Manable Claw finish i, I guess i guess we're gonna find out i guess I we're gonna find out because that's that's what he needs to do if goldberg has short matches they can be good they can be just entertaining J- jimmy on this show i think we laid out how a goldberg lesnar match should happen in about five minutes and they did almost exactly that and it was awesome it was really good Yeah, it was so much fun you don't have to have a big long match to to have a, a, an outstanding spectacle, Goldberg is the spectacle, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't like his work necessarily when it goes long, but it, it can be very special, and I wish they would capitalize on that. And quite frankly, he doesn't got to win all the time either. We we don't need that. We don't need it. I want to ask you about Triple H. Uh, apparently, nothing's on the docket for Mania for him. Have you heard anything about Triple H? Not a thing. Not a thing. I think he's focused on NXT and doing his other stuff there, but. I think that's good. He doesn't have to be on WrestleMania every year. He doesn't need to be. You know something? I looked up Triple H's WrestleMania record. And can you believe that since 1996, which was his WrestleMania debut at WrestleMania 12 when he got squashed by the Ultimate Warrior, since 1996, he has only missed one WrestleMania since 96. That was 2007 because he tore his quad. In, in early that year. So he didn't return until SummerSlam in 2007. Every other WrestleMania, he has made an appearance uh, in the ring. And so uh, it's mind-blowing to me that he wouldn't, because he keeps himself still in shape, it's mind-blowing to me that he wouldn't want to be on there in some fashion mm-hmm. unless he's a throwaway in the Battle Royal. You never know. Maybe he goes for the pop in the Battle Royal as, a, as an unannounced entrant. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, it's a bit of a surprise to me that he wouldn't be on the card in some fashion, unless they're going to, maybe they're going to wait until after Elimination Chamber because then the Mania run really begins. But, well, uh, the thing is, it's it's like they they want to stack those cards, obviously, 
But Triple H knows that those cards are too long. He said it about NXT yes. when when he was asked if NXT sh- matches would be on WrestleMania. He was like, "We don't want this to start at 7 a.m. and go into the next day." Like he's like, "We we can keep these separate, and it's a spectacle all its own." Mm-hmm. And as NXT grows, hopefully they get so big that NXT TakeOver is night one of WrestleMania. Hopefully that's that's how big it gets. In the stadium, and, you mean? Yeah, and they just run that stadium two nights in a row. I don't know the plausibility of that and how clean up and all that stuff would go on, but I hope I hope that wrestling gets that big. Uh, but I- I'm okay with him not doing it. I'm I'm okay with him not, not doing a match because he doesn't need to. It will feel a little bit weird. But yeah, yeah, he's always on the show. I mean, if they keep on building up the roster the way that they are with all these brands and all this TV, maybe the idea of a two night WrestleMania is not a bad idea, just like Wrestle Kingdom. I would love it. I, I mean, they got a big that. enough roster. They could very easily do seven matches a night easy with that roster. I mean, you could, I mean, look at the way that it would be. You would have to do TakeOver Thursday night, maybe. <laughs> you could do TakeOver Thursday night, SmackDown Friday. You could do a lot of different stuff. Yep. I mean, you don't. You could you could turn Takeover into a uh, a Fox special. You could do a lot of stuff. They've they've got the ability to do whatever they want. Uh, William Rabb says that there is a, a a guy named Rovert who occasionally has some some scoops. Says believes Goldberg will win the title. I hope he doesn't. I think it's a stupid idea. It would kill the fiend. I mean, the the, the yep. fiend has already been handled horribly, horribly. SummerSlam was really the only great. Yeah, fiend handling. I mean, the thing with Daniel Bryan in the strap was all right, but uh, SummerSlam was really his only great handling. And even then, I hated it because remember he bumped off a dropkick from Finn Balor. Uh, but uh, since then, he's been handled terribly. And if they have Bill Goldberg in any capacity pin the fiend in uh, Saudi Arabia, you're killing the fiend dead. He's dead. Yep. And he's and he's their number one merch seller. So because he's their number one merch seller, I don't see Goldberg beating him. But uh, that would be really foolish if they did that, man. Yeah, uh, I agree. You and I talked off camera about Rusev. Uh, now, Super Showdown, some of the guys I think are already in Saudi Arabia. I think, matter of fact, they might all be in Saudi Arabia now, or at, yeah. least, at least en route. Rusev was advertised for that gauntlet match, and Rusev was one of the guys after the last time who said, I don't care about the plane issue, I'm going because it's a big payday. Well, he has been pulled. Uh, Rey Mysterio has taken his place in that match. They're claiming it's an injury. I call bullshit. What are you hearing about uh, the Rusev thing? Some people in the company are calling bullshit too, but um, is that Rusev's claim? The injury? Yes, yes. Rusev says he's injured. Why would he want to miss the his biggest payday of the year because of the contract impasse? Maybe I don't know if he's got a new contract or not. I know he wants a big WrestleMania match or a featured one, and I don't know if he signed a new deal. If he hasn't signed a new deal, I see why he wouldn't have one. I don't know if he did though, because I asked about that. I was like, well, why? Why would he want one or expect one if he didn't have a new deal? And the the person I was talking to didn't say, oh, well, he does or he doesn't have a new deal. It was just said, uh, I, I should go back and look. So, I, I mean, I'm not going to quote the person anyway. But they said, <laughs> even if he did sign a new deal, there's only so many spots on Mania. Which is true. Well, yeah, it's true. It's he true, but they over, also though. do they also do like 14 matches and a battle royal is yeah. one of them. You know? he, yeah, and I don't know if winning a battle royal would satisfy him. I no, don't but know at least it'd get, at least it'd get him on the card, you know? 
Yeah. But, uh, maybe Kevin Owens wasn't on the card last year and he was ready. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, all right, another guy heading to Saudi Arabia. I guess he's already there. The Undertaker. Yeah. Uh, now, it makes sense. So, uh, Elimination Chamber is on March the 8th. Uh, and so word is Taker's going to be on Raw the next day, March 9. Makes sense. Get Elimination Chamber out of the way to start the Mania build. What are you hearing about plans for Taker in Saudi? Obviously, the, the, the rumor is him and AJ Styles in Mania, at Mania. Do you think he's just in Saudi Arabia just to do appearances, or do you think they might actually have a spot for him on the show? Uh, so <laughs> it was funny. Saturday night I got a message from a follower of Fightful, and he's like, listen, man, I got it on real good authority that Undertaker's flying into Winnipeg Monday. And I couldn't get anybody to confirm it. And he wasn't on Raw Monday. And the person was like, oh, my God, I'm sorry, man. I swear he's there. And I was like, that's okay. And then, like, moments later, it's revealed. Yeah, he's there, and he's going to Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. So that person uh, – and I'm talking like, – this is the person with 17 followers. You never know who will have that type of information. Uh, the Undertaker was at the Performance Center, so he's got plans for Mania. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, uh, as far as Saudi Arabia – I can't imagine they would send him there for no reason. But then again, we're talking about the country that had a giant Undertaker float in a parade, if you remember that. Yes, I do. And that's the only thing he did, I think. Oh, no, he did the Goldberg match, was it? Or was that a separate yeah, but show? Yeah, I think, he, I think he was just there. I, I, don't I think, think he that was. was tied to a show. Yes, I think you're right. I think yeah, you're right. so I, it wouldn't surprise me if he was just there to do personal appearances. But... It's Saudi Arabia, and they do treat it like a standalone mini WrestleMania that isn't in canon over here all the time. I wonder if, like, you know, five years ago, if somebody had told Taker, hey, you're going to be going to Saudi Arabia two or three times a year uh, within the next few years, I don't think he would have bought it. If somebody had told Brock Lesnar, of all people, I don't know Brock Lesnar would have bought it either. But I I guess if you're going to throw Brock a couple million bucks for a match, uh, you know, and he lives lives in uh, kind of rural Canada, so that U.S. Yeah. dollar goes a long way, Sean, you know? Uh, we have a, <laughs> yeah, we have a, a super chat. Evan Wright says, uh, favorite moments from Tiger Hattori or Manabu Nakanishi, who retired. Uh, my fondest memories of Manabu Nakanishi was when he was uh, Kurosawa in WCW because little Sean Ross Sapp was watching that WCW Saturday night, and I was like, oh, my God, he's going to be the champion. He's going to be the world champion. Little Sean Ross Sapp thought that? Yeah, I did. Tiger Hattori, I don't have any. I don't. I never paid much attention to Tiger Hattori. Any, oh. any from you? No, I'm, I'm not a big Japanese wrestling guy. Like, I follow the, the big shows and the big matches, and I, I keep tabs on, you know, titles and tournaments and stuff. But otherwise, I'm not a massive. There's only so many hours in the day, so I'm not a massive yeah. Japanese wrestling guy. I want to go well, back to William Rabb says or sends a super chat and says opinion on Brian Alvarez saying Goldberg should win. Well, I haven't heard what Brian Alvarez said, so I can't react to that. And it seems like you're kind of trying to fish fish for conflict here. I just don't think Goldberg should win. Yeah, I, I don't like I don't like I, he it would screw up the fiend maybe forever. Yeah, I got no opinion on Brian Alvarez. So cool. we'll just we'll just move on to the next thing. I want to go back to Goldberg for a minute because uh, he was. I don't, did you see the podcast appearance that he did? It was strange, man. Did you see it? All of them are. He's a weird standoffish dude. No, but it wasn't him that was weird. It was the choice of podcast. So he he did an interview with a podcast out of Israel called Total Slam. Oh, gotta have a WWE connection then. International outlets get more WWE help. That's why I like to hammer it home that we are Canadian-based. 
Okay, well, they basically took two fans from Israel. They put them against a wall with a webcam, uh, like a plain white wall with a webcam. It looked like they were sitting on the floor. And that's how they interviewed Bill Goldberg. And it was <laughs> the, the types of questions that they asked were what you would expect from people in that situation. And, and I just found it. The only thing I could think of is, okay, Goldberg is the first Jewish, you know, wrestling mm-hmm. champion. That's always been the thing with him. And so maybe they're, they're using that tie-in. But there was one interesting thing, because uh, I actually asked Sean when this came out. I wanted to look up those riddle things from our old podcast that he did with us where he talked about uh, Goldberg and, and about Brock, because this stuff keeps coming up. So he was asked about Matt Riddle by these guys, and here's a quote from Goldberg. He said, he's like a booger that gets caught in your nose. He's just annoying and won't go away. He has nothing to do, and he has no bearing on Goldberg's life, period. End of statement. (laughs) WWE's got to make the match, Sean. they got to make the match. I don't know if Goldberg will even want to do it. Maybe if you throw enough money at him, he'll do it. You got to make the match. There is, you know, I'm I'm not a, a proponent of do everything that internet wrestling fans want. You know, because you've got to you got to cater to everybody, and that's a mistake I believe that AEW made early on. But I think there's a big enough audience that would go for that, and there's a big enough audience that's aware of the whole thing that would generate a tremendous live response. I think if they got those guys in the ring together, got to find a way to make it work. Yeah, I agree. This is a match they got to do. Matt, Matt sees the money in this. Matt has seen the money in this in th- for three and a half years. Be great. Imagine it's, Matt jackhammering Goldberg. Yeah, I think he could too. Hey, of course he could. He absolutely could. <laughs> What's he call it? The bro hammer. The bro hammer. Yeah, he could absolutely do it. He could probably like like deadlift him up if he had to. Matt's a strong dude. Like I mentioned before, I think Goldberg believes he can beat up Matt Riddle. I think he thinks that. Yeah, yeah. And I Matt knows knows that he can beat up Goldberg. Jesus, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that would be a lot of fun. Uh, I know one more thing about the Saudi show that I want to ask you about. So presumably WWE's relationship with the Saudi government has progressed because now they've done whatever it is, six shows so far, whatever it's been. So presumably the relationship has progressed. Early on, they couldn't get women on the show. They got Renee Young to do uh, commentary, which was kind of, you know, the start. But they weren't able to get women to do the show. Then on the last show, they were able to get Natty and Lacey Evans. Uh, but they played it straight. Uh, you know, there really was no heel baby face kind of thing. This time they're doing Bailey Naomi for the SmackDown Women's Championship. My question for you is, do you think things have progressed at all in terms of ring gear or ring style? Because Natty and Lacey really played it straight. Uh, do you think things have progressed like that at all? Because Bailey is is like a top heel in WWE right now. Do you think she's going to be able to utilize those heel mannerisms, or do you think that they're going to do the same thing and they're going to hug it out afterwards? Oh, I don't think they'll hug it out. I hope Naomi isn't hitting people in the face with her ass as a finish since she's been using the, the split-legged moonsault. I think it'll work very similar, and the finish will speed up a little bit, and I think Bailey wins. I think Bailey's gonna, uh, you know, they had that lady at ringside that helped put it together. Do you think they're gonna? She's got to do the old pay tribute and go over and give her a hug and all that stuff. Yeah, probably. Uh, okay. Probably, and you know, Saudi Arabia, they're 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 manly over there, Jimmy. That's what they're all about, man performances. And fortunately, I spoke to the last real man of professional wrestling, Silas Young, for the newest edition of Manly or Not Manly. Take a listen that people seem to like, and I, and I want to kind of run it back. Manly or not manly? All right, I like this. 
where I ask you about various random things, might not even be related to wrestling, and you give your thoughts on whether they're manly or not manly. All right, I like this. And I'm excited about this one. White Claws. White Claws, not manly. What Now, now what leads you to say they're not manly? Because I, I heard you snicker with that as well. Well, I mean, seltzer water in general is not manly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Alcoholic seltzer water definitely isn't manly, hence the snicker and the strong no. Would you consider water manly? Because you have to have it to survive. Yeah, absolutely water is manly. And I'm going to tell you why it's manly. is because you have all these adults out there who say, I don't like the way water tastes. When I hear that, I just, I just think, what are you, a child? So it's, it's the seltzer aspect that makes it not manly. Exactly. What about the color lime green? Is that manly or not manly? Uh, I would say that's situational, so I will say it's situationally manly. How about well-done steak? Ugh, no. Really? Definitely not not manly. Manly is a, a, a rare, medium-rare steak. When's the last time you had a well-done steak? Probably when I was a child. So you developed that taste for, for not or that that I don't know what the term would be. You just dis- you develop that disgust pretty early on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, a lot of times my father would cook the steaks on the grill, and they'd either be done really good or really bad. So th- this garnered some really uh, polarizing reactions from a lot of Ring of Honor wrestlers that I spoke to. There were a lot of people that didn't like the the white ring mats in Ring of Honor. I think it was last year or so. Do you think those are manly or not manly? White ring mats. White? What do you mean by white ring mats? Like Ring of Honor's gone with the dark ones, the, the black ones, and then briefly last year, they switched to, I think, a white one, a very light-colored one. And then I had people in Ring of Honor saying, oh, well, we, we canned that real quick. We're, we're not doing that anymore. What you, you know what? Honestly, I, I, honestly I, I didn't even notice. I don't look at things like that. I think that's more, I think that's more of the mindset of being an interior decorator, and I hardly say that's me. So, so and not I'm manly. there to, yeah, I guess not manly. I guess, but I got to be honest with you. I think even having no opinion on it isn't manly. Fair, fair. Yeah. What about fidget spinners? They haven't been in the news in a while, but are they manly or not manly? They're not manly. They're boyish. They're for children. How about laser pointers? We don't see those in wrestling anymore. They used to be everywhere. You'd watch Monday Night Raw and the Undertaker's trying to talk. You see a laser pointer at him. Are they manly or not manly? No, nah, laser, laser pointers are for cats. But what if, what if you're a manly cat? Like, there are some burly cats. Uh, still, I guess. I mean, you're still not a man. You're just a cat at that point. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yep. And, you know, if you want to be a real man, get your penis very erect by going to BlueChew.com and using that code Fightful. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but 
Get with the times. This is way better than those guys. It's chewable, so it can get into your blood system or your stream, whatever the hell it is. Your blood system. Your system. (laughs) It'll get into somebody else's system a lot faster. I'll tell you that much because it's ready whenever you are. And if you're not ready, it can make you ready, my friends. It's a lot cheaper because you don't have to waste your time going to a pharmacy. You don't have to sit in line at the doctor's office. don't have to call and schedule your appointment. Blue Chew works with affiliated physicians to get you prescribed and get it to you discreetly. You're not going to have a big box of pills coming to your house that says dick stuff. It's discreet. Much more discreet than this ad read is. That's for damn (laughs) sure. You go to BlueChew.com. Use that code Fightful. You get your first shipment free. Free. All you got to do is pay $5 shipping. You know they believe in the product when they're willing to give it to you for free. You've heard about this from everywhere. You've heard about this here, my social media, everywhere. You're hearing it from the greatest Dixman in wrestling media. Can you Google uh, or look up March 19? Is that relevant when it comes to WWE, that date, March 19th? I can look it up right now. Yeah, see if it's relevant to any kind of WWE live event. Trish Stratus just posted a, a little video on Twitter. That's it's something a, for a website. That's is that all it is? I think it's something for a website, yeah. It's a Thursday. Okay. It ain't nothing. With okay, WWE. okay. Because she posted a thing where it's got a little Sasha Banks thing in it. Yeah, yeah. It's got uh, the Sasha stands going crazy. That's she why knows I wanted to, to ask. She knows what to do. Uh-huh, We've uh-huh. catered many an article in our day to the Sasha Banks stands. And we have. Out. We have. All right, I want to move on and talk some AEW news. So first and foremost, this was kind of hinted already, but – uh, AEW has officially confirmed that Lance Archer has signed a multi-year deal. Didn't you interview Lance Archer a while I did. back? Uh, last month I interviewed him. And and didn't you ask about uh, AEW? I can't recall. I think I asked about his contract, and he straight up told me, I don't necessarily have a contract. I work tour to tour. Okay, well now he is signed with, uh, with AEW. And uh, anybody, in case you're not familiar, so he was Lance Hoyt in Impact Wrestling way back. He was Vance Archer in WWE 10 years ago when WWE had their ECW. Most recently, he was Lance Archer in New Japan, which is where he had the biggest success is in New yes. Japan. And I want to give AEW props for this because when AEW first launched, one of the criticisms against them was that most of their talent was average to small in size, with the exception of Luchasaurus. Now they've added Jake Hager, they've added Wardlow, they've added Lance Harcher. They're going to probably be adding Brody Lee, a.k.a. Luke Harper. Uh, You could even maybe throw Dustin Rhodes in there, I guess. Yeah, he's a big dude. So uh, good for them that they've that they've addressed it. They've got some big guys now. The roster is more balanced. So good for them, yeah. man. He's 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 an older guy now in his career. I think he's been around for twenty years, but he's a good pickup for them. Oh yeah, he'll be forty three this weekend. Right, but he's also a guy that has just really adapted and and become a special talent in in New Japan specifically. Like he he was just a tag team guy and they were spinning their wheels and they made him a singles guy and he proved at 42 that he could go and go at an extreme level and had a a really awesome match with Moxley. It's, it's good to probably have a guy like John Moxley on that roster too saying, yep, worked with this guy. He can go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Speaking of Mox, so revolution is this Saturday. Uh, I look at the card. They've only announced five matches so far. I look at six. What's the other one? I don't know. Which ones are you talking about? Uh, Jericho Moxley, Nyla Rose, Chris Statlander, Omega Page, Young Bucks, MJF, Cody, and Jake Hager, Dustin Rhodes. 
Um, there's been something else. Uh, let me see. There were there were six when I I did my scan through. Uh, Guevara, Darby Allen. There you go. Okay, Guevara. that's all right. That's all right. Yeah. I mean, I look at this card and uh, I'm interested in, in a couple of these matches. I'm granted, I'm not interested in all of them. Yeah. But uh, like Jericho Moxley, I think they've done a great job with that. Jericho is the MVP of that promotion. Uh, I think they've done a good job. Uh, MGF Cody, I think they've done a pretty solid job with that one. And I've got to be honest, I'm pretty interested in seeing Jake Hager in the ring because he, he has yet to actually step in the ring in AEW after all this, these months. And so I'm interested to see Hager in the ring. And it's funny because imagine uh, Jake Hager and Dustin Rose in WWE a few years ago. It would have been a meh match. And now it's uh, you know going to be on uh, one of the top matches on a pay-per-view. How about this? They have had one singles match against each other on TV. It was on an episode of, I think, Main Event. Before Main Event was what it is now. And it went like 16 and a half minutes. Really? Yeah. Who won? Uh, I think Goldust did. Gold? Really? I'm pretty sure. Wow. Well, that's very interesting. That's very interesting. One more thing about AEW, because you know I'm kind of into this stuff. So last week, they officially announced uh, their action figure line. We yeah. had already we had already heard about it because it, it, it had come out that they were going to be showing them off at the New York Toy Fair. But it was uh, it was officially announced on Dynamite last week. The line is being done by Wicked Cool Toys. They're calling the line AEW Unrivaled. Uh, here's a picture from Series 1. Camilla, you got that picture? Not bad, man. Is that Series 1? You got the Bucks, yeah. Cody, uh, Jericho, Omega. I saw pictures from uh, Series 2. I think Brandy's in it. Uh, MJF is in it. Dustin Rhodes. Who else was in that second line? Hangman yep. Page. Yeah, it look, they look really good. They look my, pretty good. My question, what's with the wrist articulation in all these figures these days? I never liked that when I was a kid. They would turn the hands backwards and yeah. all that stuff. Well, you know why they do it? They do it because they they provide uh, alternate pose hands. Sure. So sure. they do it so they can pop them off, put on the next one. I hate so. it. Hate yeah, that. I'm, I'm not a... That, other I'm not that these look good, and them being in Walmart, yeah, that's huge. They're gonna be in Walmart. They're gonna they're you can already pre-order them now on Ringside Collectibles, yeah. and they look good. I'm not a fan of the small plastic articulated figures. Like I'd never collected the Hasbro's as a kid. I'd never collected the Jack Pacific or the Mattel. I'm not gonna collect these AEW ones, uh, but they look good. You know, they do. They look good. Uh, the Jericho's the details great. The the belt looks really good. So uh, I think they did a good job on them. Did you I know? tell you the impromptu collection that I started recently? Yeah, something about Bone Cruncher or something. Yeah, some Bone Crunchers. I got the, the Nation of Domination. A little less expensive than your collection, Jimmy. Maybe a little. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to find that Kama Mustafa D'Lo Brown two-pack. Then my Nation of Domination is complete. I even have Clarence uh, Mason. Really? They made a Clarence Mason? They made a Clarence Mason. And yet they never made a Justin Roberts. Isn't that weird? It is. Could have had it being choked with a tie. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, all right, let's talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling because this is kind of uh, kind of sad and ironic. So last Monday or this past Monday, February 24th, they announced the bracket for the New Japan Cup. Which and it is, looked awesome. Yeah, a 32-man tournament. It was supposed to start on March 4. It was going to run for three weeks. The winner was going to face Tetsuya Naido for the for both the IWGP Heavyweight title and Intercontinental title. That was on Monday, February 24th, that they announced the bracket. Today, February 26th, two days later, New Japan made an announcement. Uh, here's the clip from their website. Do you have that, Camillo? 
New Japan events March 1 to 15 canceled, uh, and they're canceled because of the coronavirus outbreak, Sean. So uh, they're canceling uh, two weeks of events, which means that they are canceling the New Japan Cup. It's unfortunate. I'm sure they'll figure something out. Maybe they'll reschedule it. Maybe they'll do something more condensed because the three-week tournament is pretty lengthy. Maybe they'll, they'll condense it to do something. But it's unfortunate that just two days after they announced this big tournament, they had to scrap it. Yeah, I hope they do a condensed tourney because that, that bracket just showed me how freaking stacked New Japan still is. It is obscene how much good talent they still have there. Yeah, it's a bummer. I, I hate it. Um, I hope it doesn't affect them too badly financially either because, I mean, they're, they're a good alternative. And, I mean, quite frankly, there are some of these people that work tour to tour, and that's, that's a big money hit for them. Sure. Well, speaking of alternatives, Sean, uh, so Wrestling Observer reports that WWE is planning for his next performance center launch to be in Japan. An announcement is supposed to come in the next few months. Have you heard much about this? There were rumors about this, about Japan being one, India is going to be one. Uh, what have you heard about a, a PC launch in Japan? Well, I know that some of the acquisitions in Japan that have happened between some other companies slowed that down. They wanted to do this well before this, but it didn't quite make it happen. If I were them, I probably wouldn't. I'd I think it's going to be very just, difficult. Yeah, I just wouldn't. It's too rich over there in wrestling. Like, what What are you going to do, have, like, the fourth or fifth best wrestling company? I mean, that's why they want to jump in, because it's a hot market. Yeah. But I think it's going to be very difficult. And I, I thought it was interesting, too, that they've reportedly reached out to Hiroshi Hase and Antonio Inoki to get advice on how to navigate politically, because Japan, you know, wrestling... There's a lot of you know political waters you gotta you gotta swim in Japan. Yep. So apparently they reached out to those guys about that. I think it's going to be a major challenge. I think that the only way that this is going to succeed is if they can partner with an established promotion. And uh, you just talked about it. Uh, New Japan's it's not going to happen. They're not going to they're not going to be able to partner with them. Noah is owned by Cyber Agent, which is a, a multi billion dollar company themselves. Really, no reason they'd want to get involved unless they want a U.S. presence. And, yes. and, and maybe they can use WWE for that. Uh, all Japan, not a lot of buzz with All Japan anymore, but they do still have TV. So maybe that could be something. I think you do other, anything with stardom now. That's right, too. Yep, yep. I think the other big challenge is uh, they, they got to go heavy after established local stars, I think, in order to make a go of it. Who are you going to get? I mean, you just said like a lot of the New Japan guys work tour to tour. Fine, maybe they could convince some of those guys who they throw enough money at them. But really, who is there? Like, you're not going to get uh, Ibushi. You're not going to get, you know, Okada. You're not going to get none of those guys. So I think it's going to be very difficult, I think. Very challenging. I mean, fortunately for them, they do have Shinsuke Nakamura, Asuka, Kairi Sane. They've got some of those. But what are they going to do? Like, just pull all those off WWE and have a bunch of Americans wrestling in WWE? I mean, I guess you could. But. And how many how many of them would want to do it? Like, Shinsuke is pretty firmly established in the U.S. Yeah. I don't know about Kyrie saying, didn't she get married to a guy from Japan? I heard. Yes. <clears throat> so yes. she's a possibility, but, uh, but I don't know if Shinsuke wants to go back and, and work full-time in Japan. I can never pretend to understand the, the motivations of a millionaire personally, but yeah, it's just like... I don't know if the talent is there for for them to to do because like what's your goal? Is it to establish in that market? Is it to get some crossover over here? Is it going to be because you know how many people I hear talking about NXT UK on a weekly basis? Yeah, yeah. 
It's None, true. Unless it's them talking about how it ruined the UK indie scene. That's about it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny. I saw this thing Gargano um, Gargano said about how he hates the words like developmental system and a main roster. Uh, but let's be frank. And, and and if he doesn't want to acknowledge it, fine. Don't acknowledge yeah. it. NXT is a developmental system. That's what it is. And and really, NXT UK, the only benefit I can see is that you can utilize that to cultivate local talent and then eventually send them to the regular NXT brand or to Raw or SmackDown. I don't think you're going to take you know a UK talent and have them permanently on the NXT UK brand. Eventually, Walter's going to move over unless he really doesn't want to. And I've seen interviews with him where he said he doesn't really have interest in, in working in the U.S. Mm-hmm. on a full-time basis. Other than that, I think eventually when they get to a certain level in NXT UK and if they see potential in them, they're going to want to move them over. Well, that's the thing. Uh, If they send Walter over to NXT Japan, he'll get over there. If they have him do spots there, he is like, my God, like the, the sirloin beef sons of bitches thing. Like if you got fired by WWF back in the day and you headed over there, look at Matt Bloom. Oh yeah, he, he went over there and did great, and he's that type of guy that they love. They love those beefy sons of bitches over in Japan. Oh yeah, can work that style, and he can. Stan so the he, Larry Hansen for sure. If he wanted to do some some tapings over there, I think he'd do wonderfully. I think so too. So I'm going to try something new this week, Sean. I'm going to try something new in lieu of stupid people this week. All right, I want to try something. I'm calling it Five Minute Live. That's what I'm calling it. Five minute live. And this is not some kind of a crazy blue chew ad. All right. I want to go a lot longer than five minutes with bluechew.com code Fightful. There you go. No, I want to try five minute live. This is going to be a live Q and a for five minutes with Sean Ross Sapp and myself. Jimmy. Yeah. Usually if you would want something like this, you would have to subscribe to fightfulselect.com where I answered over 125 questions today. Over the course of an hour, subscribe now. What? This is only for five minutes, and it's only for people in the live YouTube chat. Only people in the live YouTube chat. Yeah, you do not have to do a super chat for these five minutes. And Camillo's going to put a clock on the screen, Sean. I want you, Sean, to do your best to monitor this. Make sure that you don't read any, you know, questions that trolls might post or something. The point of super chat—it's five minutes. I know, but if people know that they can just wait until that five-minute window, we're not going to do it every week. We're not going to do it every week, Sean. Uh, But we're doing it today. Five minute live, Camilla. Go ahead and throw up that clock. Send us money anyway, guys. Do that, too. Sean, any questions that come up in the live chat, go ahead and read Somebody them Somebody says, is Matt Hardy one big swerve? No. I mean, maybe he re-signs, but this is not a big swerve. There is smoke where there, or there's fire where there's smoke, so to speak. Uh, I, I actually know of some wrestling companies that have already reached out to uh, his family, so to speak. I, I, and the companies have told me this themselves. Um, uh, and I was, I think, I think another one may have, so there's two because there's one that I didn't ask myself. I was told, but, um, yeah. Do you think Luke Harper could be the exalted one, Jimmy? I don't really see the fit. Uh, I mean, it, you know, apparently he's trademark trademark Brody Lee. If anybody's familiar with him from the Indies, yeah. he was kind of like a bruiser Brody sort of, uh, because that's one of his idols. And, uh, I mean, anything can happen. I don't know if I see a fit, but yeah. anything can happen. 
Aaron Jays fan says, Jimmy, you go into the WWE Super Show in Toronto on March 14th. Absolutely not. <laughs> Any of you excited for MLS starting this weekend? Uh, no. I am ashamed to say I have never been to a game in Toronto. I will uh, go to one in Cincy. I will. Toronto FC is a hot ticket, and I have never been to a game, and I'm almost ashamed to say that, but I haven't. Throwback, he gets his question answered because he's been so generous all the time. Is Daniel Bryan a better person to face Cena? I think he'd be a better person to face Cena than Elias. I think Goldberg, from a marquee perspective, would be better. I agree. Exactly what you just said. From a marquee perspective, we talked about this last week, how awesome it would be if Cena and and, uh, Nikki Bella would be cool enough that Nikki and Brie could be in Daniel Bryan's corner. Uh, That would make that, I think that like even, you know, the entertainment shows and stuff would jump all over that if they did that match. But the problem is the Bellas are, you know, they're pregnant now. I don't know if they're necessarily going to want to be involved in any capacity in that kind of situation. But otherwise, I think it'd be a lot of fun. Biggest star in 10 years out of Velveteen Dream, Pete Dunn and MJF. To me, it's down to MJF or Velveteen Dream, and I'd say Dream because he can be a baby face, and baby faces can transcend a little bit easier. Yes, I I think Velveteen Dream 100% because MJF, I mean, granted, they were able to turn Miz into a baby face. I was never sold on Miz as a baby face, but a lot of people were. And mm-hmm. so I guess in theory, MJF could turn babyface, keep being who he is, and, and maybe it could work. But I think Dream has a lot more facets to him to, uh, to, to work for a lo- have more longevity. Someone asks, should I invest in gold or LJN figures? Well, I'll tell you what, don't invest in Antero Midstream because I lost 100 bucks on that this week. Is that the gold one that you were boasting about that you made 12 <laughs> bucks or something? <laughs> yeah, it sure that was. That was. One? Hold on to that one for a little bit longer to see if I can recoup. My Wait, answer is think? my answer is do not invest in, in LJNs unless they either come from a reputable source or they have a good backstory. There are way too many customs being made now that look legitimate. So uh, otherwise, go with gold. You can never be wrong. Are you, are you surprised by the relative success of the XFL? Yes, I am. You know what? So, so it's Okay, so let's talk about this. So I'm not a football fan. Uh, I didn't even watch the Super Bowl. I'm not a football fan. However, obviously a lot of my friends are. They tell me that the XFL this time around, uh, you can even sports bet. Uh, the games yes. are showing up in the sporting apps and, and in the betting apps. And not only uh, was, I mean, the, the first XFL, I guess maybe the, it wasn't uh, a big thing online back then anyway, but the XFL, that wasn't really happening in terms of sports betting. And the AAF apparently wasn't something that was readily available in terms of sports betting and in terms of the apps, and the XFL is. So it's being taken much more seriously this time around. I think they were smart by not having Vince McMahon walk out to center field and not yeah. you know hitting the wrestler's music and here comes a wrestler onto the field. They treated it more like a sport this time, and it's being treated that way now by the media. Yeah, I, I like watching the games. I'm a DC Defenders fan, and it's, it's fun to watch. How would WWE look if Brock Lesnar never returned? That's an interesting one. Um, For one, I think they would have called Batista back much sooner. I think that uh, Roman Reigns probably would have had a heel turn by now. Uh, I think a lot of things would be different. Uh, Yeah, I don't know if Roman would have had a heel turn because Vince is the kind of guy he'll do something out of spite and he'll shove it down your throat until you accept it. But... uh, I mean, there's no no question. Brock's been probably outside of Cena. Brock's been their biggest star the last uh, 10 years or eight years anyway. So uh, it would have been massively different. I mean, he ended the streak. Who else Who else would have had enough of a reputation outside of John Cena to end the streak at WrestleMania? Alex Riley. 
Can you imagine? That's the ru- there's a rumor about him, right? Yeah, I mean, people are people are doing that now because he, he did a couple of interviews. Oh man, they they really screwed him over. Not really, not really. It just wasn't there. It just yeah. was. He he got a nice pop here and there, but. And honestly, like, let's say that you know WWE decided let's try something really different. Let's do Alex Riley, John Cena at WrestleMania. I don't know enough about the story. I heard it had to do with was it was Cena was uh, threatened because he thought Riley was too much like him. Is that what it was? And he talked shit about him to management. I never really heard what the story was. Uh, I'd have to look back at that. I don't really want to speak on that and have somebody okay. take me out of context. Okay. Well, after this, we'll talk about one more thing today. And then after this, if you go to the list goes on, I got a few things. I don't actually don't have a ton of stuff today because it was a bit of a quiet week. But we're going to talk about Cain uh, Velasquez. We're going to talk about Tito Ortiz. We're going to talk about the big show and some uh, controversial stuff that he said. Uh, and I want to talk about Gallows and Anderson. So go to the list goes on, com after this, and we're going to talk about that. One more thing I want to talk about, man. I want to talk about the little engine that could. And you know what that is for me? Major League Wrestling, MLW. Yeah. So uh, at the end of last year, Viacom and CBS merged. And the new company that they created was called Viacom CBS. Very creative on their part. Uh, it came out earlier this month that that new company is planning to combine their existing streaming services. So CBS right now has CBS All Access. Viacom has Showtime. They're going to convert. They're going to combine them into one service. That service is going to air all of that content that they have on those services, but it's also going to own movies from Paramount Pictures. It's going to uh, air stuff from Nickelodeon, from MTV, from Comedy Central, and from others. Reason I'm bringing this up is that PW Insider reports that MLW just met with Viacom CBS in New York about a potential uh, streaming deal, and that comes on the heels of MLW having already met with Amazon for the same reason. I'm impressed by these guys, man. The little engine that could. You know what I mean? They don't, they don't have big outsider money. They don't have a, a strong television deal. And yet they're just plugging away, and they will, I'm sure, get a deal. The question is going to be uh, with who and how much. That's going to be the question. They are very, very, very inexpensive programming that, I mean, every, every service is going to have subscribers that are like wrestling fans. Yes. So oh, yeah. it can appeal. It, it, you can catch it. You might have a face that you can throw up there and it's familiar and somebody will go, oh, you know what? I'll check that out. You, you just never know. I mean, Amazon Prime, I think involved or included in my Amazon Prime subscription, those old like little legends of wrestling um, DVDs that have like 60 year old footage you can watch on there. Yeah, like, they have documentaries, too. They yeah. have docu- I remember I saw one about Trent Acid. Have you seen that one? I have not. There's a documentary on, I believe, on Amazon Prime about Trent Acid. Uh, and it, you know what was sad about it was it was almost like a real-life uh, yeah. wrestler Yeah. Uh, from Mickey Rourke. It's like if you've seen The Wrestler and if you watch that documentary, it's a very similar story. And uh, But it was good. It was sad, but it was good. Yeah, uh, I heard about it, but I have not seen it, and I am a wrestling documentary junkie. I have... Hundreds of them over here, so I'll have to check that one out. Have you ever seen the one that Cabana does? Uh, what's it called? Wrestling Road, Road Diaries? Yeah, have yes. you seen that? Because now every time I interview Colt Cabana, I ask him a recurring question because one of the, the things there was they were at an Arby's eating, and Luke Gallows ordered like nine Arby's roast beef sandwiches. <laughs> and then he was like, can, can you just throw away the bun? Or do I just got to do that? 
<laughs> so now every time I ask him it, who could eat more Arby's roast beef sandwiches without the bun, Luke Gallows or somebody else. One of them was Grado, and Colt Cabana said, well, Grado's not throwing away the bun, so it's definitely not him. Nice, nice. You know what? I uh, Colt Cabana's a guy I have a lot of respect for because when you talk about the pioneer of independent wrestling merch— yeah, and and the young bucks have even credited Colt Cabana, and they've even said when they were starting out and weren't selling shit, they'd be at a show and they'd see a massive line at Colt Cabana's booth. Yeah, I respect that guy because when he did that first Road Stories DVD, and I think he's done several of them now, right? Yeah. But when he did Great. the first one, and it, it was documenting Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson's end of his indie, indie run because he had signed with WWE, I thought that was an interesting story, and I ordered the DVD, and when it showed up in the mail, who was on the return label? Scott Colton, which is Colt yeah. Cabana. And I thought to myself, you talk about a hustler. This guy is shipping all this stuff himself from, mm-hmm. from probably from his house. So, uh, yeah, I, I like that stuff. And I, I, Cole Cabana, I have a lot of respect for him. The guy has is, is managed without WWE exposure to carve out a decent career. Obviously, that lawsuit kicked his ass a little bit. Yeah, but that's he, unfortunate. Yeah, but he managed to carve out a pretty good career for himself without WWE exposure for like over a decade. So I have much respect for him. Yeah, and uh, really helped – established podcasting and wrestling to be quite honest with you absolutely I mean, he did absolutely i mean it's it's in a bit of a downswing now but hopefully it reemerges. and i mean even he felt that he had he scaled back his podcasting and that's a bummer to see but it's not a bummer to see all these people jimmy hit him with a phil collins quote or something <laughs> i was telling sean if you want the story I was telling Sean about how we had to work on our YouTube thumbnails, although this uh-huh. is kind of this is more of my internal team, I guess, than Sean. But yeah. I told him we had to work on our internal thumbnails. We had to make the copy bigger because people on YouTube and anybody watching this will agree. They scroll through very quickly. They don't really look at the title so much as the thumbnail. And if you don't catch their eye in two seconds on the thumbnail, they're going to pass you by. Yeah. And I told Sean this Phil Collins quote. So Phil Collins is touring again, even though he's in his, I think, late 60s now. He's touring again. And I saw a clip where uh, Phil Collins starts a concert and he says to the crowd, this day and age, you have a lot of choices. Tonight you chose us. And for that, I thank you. And I said yeah. to Sean, that's basically as, as, a, as a wrestling entity, as a podcast entity, whatever we are, that's what we're up against. People have yeah. so many choices. You got to catch the right quick. And so that's why I said we got to work on our and, thumbnails. And we're, we're battling. I mean, there's been four more hours of cable TV added to the schedule plus NWA Power, plus AEW Dark. I mean... And didn't AEW start a podcast, too? And AEW started a podcast, too. WWE started a podcast network. So we're battling all that stuff and hoping that you all give a shit about what we're doing. So if you do, leave a thumbs up, subscribe, uh, tap the bell for notifications. I think that's, that's how you do it. I assume that's how you do it. So do it. You can subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. I have exclusive news going up there. Our, like I say, our subs always drop at the end of the month because Patreon sucks. But I got <laughs> some nice news coming up Saturday um, and several other stories that, that are going up. My Q&A dropped today as well. Check that out. Check us out on the list goes on right after this. Until next time, guys, we're out. Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcasts, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.